Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be a discussion about Alma chapter 37. Now, this goes back with uh, Alma chapter 36 as the uh, discussion or the commandments that, that Alma is giving to his son Helaman. And so this is uh, part of that same discourse. Verse 1, Now, my son Helaman, I command you that you take the records which have been entrusted with me. Uh, we not only saw the plates of the Book of Mormon, but also the plates of brass. This is from uh, David Whitmer's testimony regarding what they saw um, when they saw the, when the as, a, as one of the three witnesses, what they saw. We saw the brass plates, the plates of the Book of Ether, the plates containing the records of the wickedness and secret combinations of the people of the world down to the time of their being engraved, and many other plates. There appeared, as it were, a table with many records or plates upon it, besides the plates of the Book of Mormon. Also the sword of Laban, the directors, the ball which Lehi had, and the interpreters, the Yerman Thummim. I saw them just as plain as I see this bed, striking the bed beside him with his hand. And I heard the voice of the Lord as distinctly as I ever heard anything in my life, declaring that the records of the plates of the Book of Mormon were translated by the gift and power of God. And that was conducted by an inter in an interview by uh, Orson Pratt with David Whitmer. Uh, in 1878. <clears throat> Verse 2, And I also command you that ye keep a record of this people, according as I have done, upon the plates of Nephi, and keep all these things sacred which I have kept, even as I have kept them. For it is a wise purpose that they are kept. And these plates of brass, which contain these engravings, which have the records of the Holy Scriptures upon them, which have the genealogy of our forefathers, even from the beginning, behold, it has been prophesied by our fathers that they, the brass plates, should be kept and handed down from one generation to another, and be kept and preserved by the hand of the Lord, until they should go forth unto every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, that they shall know of the mysteries contained thereon. Does anyone think we have all the words of Isaiah, or Jeremiah, or Malachi, and are, they, are there not prophets and apostles without number, whose names we do not even know, who have recorded their teachings and testimonies? The perfected Bible of the future will surely include all that was on the br brass plates of Laban. Indeed, Lehi prophesied that these plates of brass should go forth unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people who were of his seed. Wherefore, he said that these plates of brass should never perish, neither should they be dimmed any more by time. More than 500 years later, Alma testified that they should be kept and preserved by the hand of the Lord until they should go forth unto every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, that they shall know of the mysteries contained thereon and that they would retain their brightness. Some day the Lord will raise up a prophet who will also be a seer and a translator to whom he will give the brass plates that they may be translated for the benefit and blessing of those in all nations. Would God that the work might commence at least in our day, though in fact we have no such hope. Why should the Lord give us what is on the brass plates or in the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon when we do not even treasure up and live by what, we, what he has already given us? And that was by uh, Nyman and Millet. Verse 5, And now behold, if they are kept, they must remain; they must retain their brightness. 
We must take care of our scriptures, he's saying, isn't he? Yea, and they will retain their brightness, yea, and also shall all the plates which do contain that which is holy writ. Now verse 6 is a scripture mastery verse, so is 7. Now ye may suppose that this is foolish, foolishness in me, but behold, I say unto you, that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. It's the small things that are the big things. And small means, in many instances, doth confound the wise. You can put it down in your little black book that if you will not be loyal in the small things, you will not be loyal in the large things. If you will not respond to the so-called insignificant or menial tasks which need to be performed in the church and kingdom, there will be no opportunity for service in the so-called greater challenges. A man who says he will sustain the president of the church or the general authorities but cannot sustain his own bishop is deceiving himself. The man who will not sustain the bishop of his ward and the president of his stake will not sustain the president of the church. And that was by Boyd K. Packer. Verse 7, And the Lord God doth work by means to bring about his great and eternal purposes, and by very small means the Lord doth confound the wise and bringeth about the salvation of many souls. And now it has hitherto been wisdom in God that these things, in other words the scriptures generally, should be preserved, for behold they have enlarged the memory of this people. Remember the Mulekites totally lost their language because they didn't bring any scriptures with them. Yea, and convinced many of the error of their ways, and brought them to the knowledge of their God, and to the salvation of their souls. Yea, I say unto you, were it not for these things that these records do contain, which are on these plates, Ammon and his brethren could not have convinced so many thousands of the Lamanites of the incorrect tradition of their fathers. Yea, these records and their words brought them unto repentance, that is, they brought them to the knowledge of the Lord their God, and to rejoice in Jesus Christ their Redeemer. <clears throat> And who knoweth but what they will be the means of bringing many thousands of them, yea, and also many thousands of our stiff-necked brethren, the Nephites, who are now hardening their hearts in sin and iniquities to the knowledge of their Redeemer. He must be talking about the Zoramites. Now these mysteries are not yet fully made known unto me, therefore I shall forbear. And it may suffice if only I say they are preserved for a wise purpose, which purpose is known unto God. For he doth counsel in wisdom over all his works, and his paths are straight, and his course is one eternal round. Oh, remember, remember, my son Helaman, how strict are the commandments of God. And he said, If ye will keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. But if ye keep not his commandments, ye shall be cut off from his presence. And now remember, my son, that God has entrusted you with these things, which are sacred, which he has kept sacred, and also which he will keep and preserve for a wise purpose in him, that he may show forth his power unto future generations. I wonder if he's alluding here to the lost manuscript that the, that the small plates will be part of the record that, that uh, Elaman's going to keep uh, so that it can come forth in the last days uh, uh, as part of the Book of Mormon. <clears throat> Verse 15, And now, behold, I tell you by the spirit of prophecy, that if ye transgress the commandments of God, behold, these things which are sacred shall be taken away from you by the power of God, and ye shall be delivered up unto Satan, that he may sift you as chaff before the wind. To Joseph Smith, who had temporarily lost the favor of God by losing the 116 pages, the Lord said, Remember that it is not the work of God that is frustrated, but the work of men. For although a man may have many revelations and have power to do many mighty works, yet if he boasts in his own strength and sets at naught the counsels of God and follows after the dictates of his own will and carnal desires, he must fall and incur the vengeance of a just God upon him. But if ye keep the commandments of God and do these things, and do with these things which are sacred according to that which the Lord doth command you, for you must appeal unto the Lord for all things whatsoever ye must do with them. Behold, no power of earth or hell can take them from you, for God is powerful to the fulfilling of all his words. Remember that when Moroni gave Joseph the plates, 
he said to make sure that he took proper care of them and that if he did everything he possibly could, he would not lose them. 17, for he will fulfill all his promises which he shall make unto you, for he has fulfilled his promises which he has made unto our fathers. For he promised unto them that he would preserve these things for a wise purpose in him, that he might show forth his power unto future generations. And now behold, one purpose hath he fulfilled, even to the restoration of many thousands of the Lamanites to the knowledge of the truth. And he hath shown forth his power in them, and he will also still show forth his power in them unto future generations. Therefore they shall be preserved. Therefore I command you, my son Helaman, that ye be diligent in fulfilling all my words, and that ye be diligent in keeping the commandments of God as they are written. And now I will speak unto you concerning those twenty-four plates, that ye keep them, that the mysteries and the works of darkness and their secret works, or the secret works of those who have been destroyed, may be made manifest unto this people. Yea, all their murders and robbings and their plunderings and all their wickedness and abominations may be made manifest unto this people. Yea, and that ye preserve these interpreters. So he's gotten the... Um, the Urim and Thummim as well as the plates and the other records. For behold, the Lord saw that his people began to work in darkness, yea, work secret murders and abominations. Therefore the Lord said, if they did not repent, they should be destroyed from off the face of the earth. And the Lord said, I will prepare unto my servant Gazalem. The word Gazalem appears to have its roots in Gaz, a stone, and Alium, a name of God as a revelator or inter interposer in the affairs of men. If this suggestion be correct, its roots admirably agree with its apparent meaning, a seer. That was by George Reynolds. This may well be a play on words. Is Gazalim the seer stone or the servant? It is difficult to tell from the passage and depends very much on the placement of a comma in the sentence. Perhaps it could refer to both. It is interesting to note that when Jesus called Simon Peter to the ministry, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is, by interpretation, a seer or a stone. Uh, though, though this name or title of Gazalim may be used in regard to any seer who utilizes seer stones, it seems to, in this instance to be a direct reference to Joseph Smith the prophet. And that was by Millet and McConkie. In Mormon doctrine, Bruce R. McConkie says, with reference to the name Gazalim, it is interesting to note that Alma, in directing Helaman to preserve both the Urim and Thummim and the plates containing the Book of Ether, says that such record will be brought to light by the Lord's servant, Gazalim, who will use a stone in his translation work. It may be that Gazalim is a variant spelling of Gazalam, and that Alma's reference is to the prophet Joseph Smith, who did in fact bring forth part as part at least of the Ether record. Or it could be that the name Gazalim and he's spelling it both L-E-M and L-A-M, is a title having to do with power to translate ancient records, and that Alma's reference was to some Nephite prophet who brought the book of Ether to light in the golden era of Nephite history, and that would have been Mosiah. Continuing verse 23, a stone which shall shine forth in darkness unto light, that I may discover unto my people who serve me, that I may discover unto them the works of their brethren, yea, their secret works, their works of darkness, and their wickedness and abominations. And now, my son, these interpreters were prepared that the word of God might be fulfilled, which he spake, saying, now we don't know the source of the following scripture, so this is a quote that uh, he's quoting from somewhere, but we don't know where it's from. Uh, quoting verse 25, I will bring forth out of darkness unto light all their secret works and their abominations. And except they repent, I will destroy them from off the face of the earth, and I will bring to light all their secrets and abominations unto every nation that shall hereafter possess the land. President Kimball said, My young folks, since the Lord said, Be ye therefore perfect, 
even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect, it would be well if all of us would take frequent inventory to see if hidden away under the rugs and in the corners of our lives there might be some vestige of hypocrisy and ugliness or error. Or could there be hidden under the blankets of personal excuse and rationalization some small eccentricities and dishonesties? Are there any cobwebs in ceilings and corners which we think will not be noticed? Are we trying to cover up the small pettiness and the small gratifications we secretly allow ourselves, rationalizing the, the while that they are insignificant and inconsequential? Are there areas in our thoughts and actions and attitudes which we would like to hide from those we respect most? Are we certain that all of our innermost secrets are kept confidential? The Lord revealed in 1831, the rebellious shall be pierced with much sorrow, for their iniquity shall be spoken upon the housetops, and their secret acts shall be revealed. Would a frequent house cleaning be in order for all of us? Continuing verse 25, and except they repent, oh, I already read that part, sorry. Verse 26, and now, my son, we see that they did not repent, therefore they have been destroyed. And thus far the word of God has been fulfilled, yea, their secret abominations have been brought out of darkness and made known unto us. And now, my son, I command you that ye retain all their oaths and their covenants and their agreements in their secret com secret abominations. Yea, and all their signs and their wonders ye shall keep from this people, that they know them not, lest peradventure they should fall into darkness also and be destroyed. Joseph F. Smith said, It is not necessary that our young people should know of the wickedness carried on in any place. Such knowledge is not elevating, and it is quite likely that more than one young young man can trace the first step of his downfall to a curiosity which led him into into questionable places. Members of the church are not to affiliate in any way with the, with the occult or those mysterious powers it espouses. These things should not be pursued as games, be topics in church meetings, or be delved into in private personal conversations. And that was from a first presidency letter dated in 1991. President Kimball said, as I have met with many groups of missionaries throughout the mission, I find a tendency for missionaries to tell their faults to their companions, their friends, and sometimes in public. There is no place in the mission field to publicize your weaknesses. There is no reason why you should tell every companion the fact that you might have smoked a few cigarettes in your life before you came, or that you had taken the name of the Lord in vain, or any other of your weaknesses. Go, we go forward on the assumption that you are worthy to do this work. If there is something of major importance in your life that has not been adjusted before you're coming into the mission field, then certainly you should make those adjustments through your president. Don't tell the saints. That does not do any good. It does not mean you are being hypocritical. You had some weaknesses, you repented, and those weaknesses are no longer part of your life. Verse 28, For behold, there is a curse upon all this land that destruction shall come upon all those workers of darkness according to the power of God when they are fully ripe. Therefore I desire that this people might not be destroyed. Therefore you shall keep these secret plans of their oaths and their covenants from this people, and only their wickedness and their murders and their abominations shall you make known unto them, and ye shall teach them to abhor such wickedness and abominations and murders, and ye shall also teach them that these people were destroyed on account of their wickedness and abominations and their murders. For behold, they murdered all the prophets of the Lord who came among them to declare unto them concerning their iniquities. And the blood of those whom they murdered did cry unto the Lord their God for vengeance upon those who were, mur who were their murderers. And thus the judgments of God did come upon those workers of darkness in secret combinations. Yea, and cursed be the land forever and ever unto those workers of darkness and secret combinations, even unto destruction, except they repent before they are fully ripe. And now, my son, remember the words which I have spoken unto you. Trust not those secret plans unto this people, but teach them an everlasting hatred against sin and iniquity. We must lose every desire for sin. God cannot tolerate sin.
However, when we do sin, he does tolerate us in that he grants us uh, an opportunity to repent. Verse 33, preach unto them repentance and faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. Teach them to humble themselves and to be meek and lowly in heart. Teach them to withstand every temptation of the devil with their faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. We do not come to resist evil and forsake wickedness through merely gritting our teeth and exercising constant willpower. To be sure, we must do all in our power to hold tightly to the iron rod, but the power to overcome is in and through Jesus Christ. To have faith in Jesus Christ is to trust in him and rely on his holy arm. It is to acknowledge our weakness, our mortality, our frailty, our utter inability to withstand temptations and conquer sin on our own. And that was by Millet McConkie. The ordinances of the gospel give us power to withstand temptation. Verse 34, teach them to never be weary of good works. Elder Maxwell said, paradoxical as it sounds, more diligence actually brings more relief. Any selfishness, on the other hand, magnifies our weariness. Selfishness not only shrinks the quality of service we render, but also provides none of the needed renewal, no rest to our souls. Henry B. Eyring said, Alma gave his son advice that is good for us, he said, and then he quoted 33 and 34. The good works that really matter require the help of heaven, and the help of heaven requires working past the point of fatigue, so far that only the meek and lowly will keep going, through, going long enough. The Lord doesn't put us through this test just to give us a grade. He does it because the process will change us. Continuing verse 34, but to be meek and lowly in heart, for such shall find rest to their souls. And 35 is the scripture mastery verse. Oh, remember, my son, and learn wisdom in thy youth. Yea, learn in thy youth to keep the commandments of God. Without a strong foundation of the gospel in our youth, it becomes more difficult to keep the commandments later in life. President Benson says, give me a young man who has kept himself morally clean and has faithfully attended his church meetings. Give me a young man who has magnified his priesthood and has earned his duty to God award and is an Eagle Scout. I guess those things are changing now that the church has adopted a new uh, youth youth program. So the duty to God and Eagle Scout are no longer an option, but uh, the, the equivalent. Uh, give me a young man who is a seminary graduate, I hope that that continues for a while, and has a burning testimony of the Book of Mormon. Give me such a young man and I will give you a young man who can perform miracles for the Lord in mission field and throughout his life. There is a line of demarcation well defined, this is by George Albert Smith, between the Lord's territory and the devil's. If you will stay on the Lord's side of the line, you will be under his influence and you will have no desire to do wrong. But if you cross to the devil's side of the line one inch, you are in the tempter's power. And, he is, and if he is successful, you will not be able to think or even reason properly because you have lost the spirit of the Lord. Verse 36, Yea, and cry unto God for all thy support, yea, all, let all thy doings be unto the Lord. And whithersoever thou goest, let it be in the Lord, yea, let all thy thoughts be directed unto the Lord. The central thesis of the passage is to see that all of our thoughts are do and doings are unto the Lord, the exact meaning of the expression pray always. Praying always entails constantly being conscious of God and his plan of salvation. It consists of having a continual attitude which directs us during every waking moment of mortality, of maintaining a spiritual posture of thankfulness and, re and reliance on the Lord, of desiring the companionship of the Holy Ghost. Brigham Young noted that to pray always is to live as we pray. I do not know any other way for the Latter-day Saints than for every breath to be virtually a prayer for God to guide and direct his people. Every breath should virtually be a prayer that God will preserve us from sin and from the effects of sin. That was by Paul Chessman. Joseph Smith said, we, we would say to the brethren, seek to know God in your closets. Call upon him in the fields. Follow the direction of the Book of Mormon and pray over and for your families, your cattle, your flocks, your herds, your corn, 
and all things that you possess. Ask the blessing of God upon all your labors and everything that you engage in. Be virtuous and pure. Be men of integrity and truth. Keep the commandments of God, and then you will be able to be to more perfectly to understand the difference between right and wrong, between the things of God and the things of men, and your path will be like that of the just, which shineth brighter and brighter into the perfect day. Continuing verse 36, Yea, let the affections of thy heart be placed upon the Lord forever. All we do should be in the name of the Lord. Counsel with the Lord in all thy doings, and he will direct thee for good. Yea, when thou liest down at night, lie down unto the Lord, that he may watch over you in your sleep. And when thou risest in the morning, let thy heart be full of thanks unto God. In other words, return and report. And if ye do these things, in other words, if we center our lives in the Lord, ye shall be lifted up at the last day. Direction for parents and teachers. Teach, preach, cry, remember, counsel. Verse 38, And now, my son, I have somewhat to say concerning the thing which our fathers call a ball. Uh, so he's talking about the Liahona here, or the director, or our fathers called it Liahona, which is being interpreted a compass. It is believed by some that the word Liahona means to God is light, that is to say God gives light, as does the sun. And the Lord prepared it. And behold, there cannot any man work after the manner of so curious a workmanship. And behold, it was prepared to show unto our fathers the course which they should travel in the wilderness. And it did work for them according to their faith in God. Therefore, if they had faith to believe that God could cause that those spindles should point the way they should go, behold, it was done. Therefore, they had this miracle and also many other miracles wrought by the power of God day by day. Nevertheless, because those miracles were worked by small means, it did show unto them marvelous works. They were slothful and forgot to exercise their faith and diligence, and then those miracles, and then those marvelous works ceased, and they did not progress in their journey. Therefore they tarried in the wilderness, or did not travel a direct course, or were afflicted with hunger and thirst because of their transgressions. And now, my son, I would that ye should understand that these things are not without a shadow, or in other words, these things are not without symbolic meaning. For as our fathers were slothful to give heed to this compass, now these things were temporal, they did not prosper, even so it is with the things which are spiritual. For behold, it is as easy, in other words, living the gospel and giving heed to the word of Christ are only difficult, as we seek to hold on to the trappings of Babylon and pay attention to the enticements of its municipals. And that was by Millet and McConkie. Continuing verse 44, For behold, it is as easy to give heed to the word of Christ, which will point you to a straight course to eternal bliss, as it was for our fathers to give heed to this compass, which would point unto them a straight course to the promised land. And now I say, is there not a type of this thing? A type in this thing, for just as surely as this director did bring our fathers by following its course to the promised land, shall the words of Christ, if we follow their course, carry us beyond this veil of sorrow into a far better land of promise. Alma here explains that the Leahona was a type, a shadow, a symbol of Jesus Christ and his word. When a people are faithful, then the words of Christ, given principally through the spirit of prophecy and revelation, lead them forward like a compass toward their goal of exaltation and eternal life. Verse 46, O my son, do not let, the, let us be slothful because of the easiness of the way. Elder Maxwell said, Muttering and murmuring are, are often the expressions of our conscience gone grumpy. It is precisely because we know we need to respond affirmatively and have some inkling about what's coming that we let off steam. We start puffing in advance of the climb. These are reactions generally to be avoided since they can precede the keeping of a commandment or the fulfilling of a task with a slothful heart, which is more serious. Mostly, to avoid muttering, we need to trust more. So many of the things muttered about before turn out to be marvelous experiences later, and we are inwardly and deservedly ashamed for having grumbled. 
Continuing verse 46, For so it was with our fathers, for so was it prepared for them, that if they would look, they might live. Even so it is with us, the way is prepared, and if we will look, we may live forever. And now, my son, see that ye take care of these things, these sacred things, yea, see that ye look to God and live. Go unto this people and declare the word and be sober. My son, farewell. And that's the end of uh, Alma's discourse to his son Helaman. These are words to live by as we uh, study this, the scriptures here that we need to remember to say our prayers, to do that regularly, uh, and to learn to keep the commandments of God in our youth. For some of us, the youth is long since past, but it's still a good idea to keep the commandments. I bear testimony to this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. See you next time. Next time, it'll be the other son, one of the other sons. Bye.